The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the golf edition of the Action Network podcast. As a reminder, all odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. I am Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs, and we've got a big couple of weeks. I mean, this is fun. This is like fall stretch of golf where usually we're like in the doldrums and you know, there's not much great stuff going on this time of year there. They're supposed to be in Asia, but they didn't travel to Asia. So instead, we got Shadow Creek this past weekend, a really fun tournament. Jason Kokrak winning for the first time after being on PGA Tour for 10 years. And then this coming week, we've got the Zozo Championship. Tiger Woods, the defending champion, go to Sherwood Country Club, where he's won five times. Uh, That's going to be another fun one, a limited field, no-cut event. So, Pete, what's going on? How are things? Yeah, great weekend. Was really happy for Kokrak. Yeah, and Shadow Creek was a, a pleasure to watch. Uh, that's one of the you know top courses I've been fortunate enough to to play a bunch with Tiger Jam and just going out to Vegas and uh, being around some gamblers who like to get out there. So love the course. Was amazing to hear Rory say it's the best greens he's ever played. I thought it looked spectacular. I think the players really liked it. From a DFS perspective, it was a great course to sweat. You got a drivable par four. The par fives are gettable, but kudos to Kokrak. I needed Xander from a betting perspective at the end to have mm. a one out right on Kokrak, but a really fun tournament to watch. And I'm excited for this week and we'll, we'll blink and we'll be the Masters. Yeah, I can't wait for the Masters coming up. Maybe we'll get a little Masters talk. I mentioned on last week's pod that I was looking very strongly at how guys play at Shadow Creek and at Sherwood this coming week as far as guys that I'll be looking at for Augusta National. And uh, we might have gotten a couple of clues this past week. Xander certainly near the top of the list. I was very heavily invested in Xander this week as well. Just couldn't quite get it done. That, that 16th hole really undid him. But two par fives in the last three holes at Shadow makes it really interesting down the stretch. And you better not miss a shot on those couple of holes because you're going to fall behind. That's exactly what happened to Xander. So uh, let's get to Kokrak real quick because I've mentioned his name a few times in the last few months and he's a guy that I would have put near the top. And there's a lot of sort of variables to this. There's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, but take guys who whose home tour is the PGA Tour and have been out there for three or four years or veterans out there. I would put Kokrak somewhere in the top five before this win as far as best players without a victory in their career. And now he gets that monkey off his back. I would put Abraham Answer and Joel Damon amongst those guys. I'm sure there are a couple other names I'm missing up there. But Kokrak is a guy that, you know, he basically checks all the boxes. I mean, he is what we look for these days, uh, a guy that hits it an awful long way. He's a guy that Certainly didn't look nervous down the stretch. I think playing with Xander kind of helped him. He said they're buddies and uh, they get along really well. Kind of similar personalities, real low-key guys that don't get too excited. Kokrak is a guy that uh, usually don't chase guys on coming off a a victory, especially a first career victory, but getting that monkey off his back and the fact that he just seems so loose down the stretch. I I don't mind Kokrak for this this week. I'm not saying he's going to go one-two back-to-back and all of a sudden be a two-time winner out there. But I also don't think he's going to have a big hangover this week and just completely fall off the pace either. 
Yeah, Kokrak's someone we've been bullish on. Uh, I had him in cash on both sites, and my cash team was like average. So shows uh, I took Rory uh, over Xander, which really hurt. And uh, that was nice. Kokrak was uh, was awesome, and someone I've been bullish on because he's so elite off the tee. I mean, he's one of the longest guys. If Kokrak really is like, okay, I'm going to get a lot more speed, I think he has it in the tank and could be pushing it out there as long as basically anyone. I mean, he's out there already uh, as one of the longest hitters. So uh, love that. And I thought it was really interesting what he talked about during this week and what he said he's really working on is if he can get really good with his wedges, just kind of like Dustin Johnson, when he made that leap with his wedges, uh, he can start winning. And that's what, that's what he thinks, you know, he really needs to improve on. He's been working hard at it. And Man, he had a bunch of great wedges uh, around Shadow. He putted awesome. That's what made him win is he putted so well. Um, and that's oftentimes the case week to week. Like who puts the best is going to be right there. So uh, kudos to Kokrak. And uh, I like him this week. And I think this week should be a lot of fun in L.A. too. I get that he wasn't in contention. I get that it was another just sort of ho-hum week. But Rory McIlroy down the stretch, oh, you know, on borderline top 10. I mean, okay, he's playing pretty well. Get a little momentum coming into this week. And then he's got the Masters in a few weeks. And that just completely fell apart. Rory's A game is as good, if not better, than everybody else's A game. And I know that's really tough to say, considering the fact that he hasn't won anything and that John Rahm has and DJ has and JT has. And so I don't know how long you can sit here and say that Rory's best is better than everybody else because we haven't seen his best in a long time. But boy, that was really disappointing down the stretch. And you know, again, when we look ahead to the Masters uh, in just a few weeks from now, uh, what, three and a half weeks from when we're talking right now, uh, that, you know, Rory's just, he's a guy that I would love to take there. I think his game is absolutely tailor-made for Augusta National. And based on recent form, as of right now, I just can't do it. I can't pull the trigger on him. I think he was six over in like his last like six holes at shadow, which that is brutalizing considering how scorable, especially 18 is. But we know at Augusta, you need good form coming in. Uh, we will see. Rory had one of the best golf seasons we've ever seen outside of Tiger last year. Uh, you know, there's some, you go back to Jack and some of those guys, I, it's hard to evaluate because the, the, the strength of the whole field wasn't as high. But uh, what Rory did last year was incredible. And yeah, I agree with you. It was a game still right there. And he did hit some beastly drives, which he's getting into the one nineties. We saw that on social media. Uh, I imagine he's going to be unleashing that at the masters. So it sets up perfect for him, but I do want to see some better form. I'm going to combine all three of these topics, all three of the tournaments that we're talking about last week, this coming week, and the masters coming up in a few weeks in one guy. And that's the guy that led the field in T to green strokes gain last week. He's a guy that I really like this week, and I never like him. And, oh, by the way, he just happens to be a two-time Masters champion. Am I really getting on Bubba Watson right now? Pete, I never like Bubba. I mean, Bubba's a guy that maybe twice a year I'll pick. You know, maybe the Masters and Riviera, where he tends to play really well. Maybe if you, you know, you really kind of twist my arm, I might go – at the Travelers Championship yeah, with Bubba, where he's played really well. well in the past. But, you know, even that, I feel like you're just sort of chasing victories at this point. I never take Bubba. I, I think I took him a little bit when the PGA Tour returned back in May because I thought, okay, well, Bubba has said that he hates crowds. He missed the cut in four of his first six starts after that. And so I said, okay, well, if he's not going to play well in front of nobody, then I just at some point you just kind of jump off. He led the field in strokes game to degree and played really well on the weekend. And now I find myself at Sherwood where he's just going to 
just tear apart the par fives in SoCal where, you know, I mentioned Riviera. He's won at Riviera, sacrilegious to compare these two golf courses. Riviera is a, a world-class golf course. Sherwood is pretty cool. You know, it's, just, it's a couple notches below. But the fact that Bubba Watson is hitting the ball so well, so well right now, I, I feel like I got to jump on him. Definitely like him in Augusta. That is a perfect track for him. We've seen it a million times. I mean, if you just take his whole master's career, compare it to the rest of his golf, like it's not, it's just clearly a place that works for him. And, and course history matters more to Augusta than any other course. So with you, love what I'm seeing in terms of uh, off the tee stats, TD Green was number one, like you mentioned. And yeah, he's starting to pop up. We'll see how expensive he gets. But this week, I, I think he's really interesting. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of really compelling guys. It's just a matter of kind of how you want to prioritize, uh, you know, where you're going in DFS. And then from a betting perspective, I see some value kind of in like the mid tier again. Um, I do think there's a couple other guys, you know, you know, I'm going to be on ROM again, of course. Surprise, surprise. Peter Jennings loves John ROM. I, I think it's a really interesting week and, and I don't mind Bubba at all. Who would you take straight up this week? Do you like Bubba more or do you like Kokrak more? I like Bubba more than Kokrak. I like Kokrak. Like I said, I, I, I've got him down for top 10 this week. You know, I think Kokrak's going to play well. I think he's hitting it well. I think just sort of the, and you know, we talk about the human element. We talk about analytics, but we talk about the human element. The human element for Kokrak is, oh man, I finally won. That felt good. Let me go out there and just play like free and easy. They can't take away that trophy from me. And let me go out there and have some fun. But yeah, Bubba is one of my favorite picks this week. I look at the mid tier and I say, okay, I've got a few mid tier guys. Then I look at the lower tier and I say, I've got a few guys I love in that lower tier. Guys who are really cheap for DFS. Guys who are triple digits as far as odds, but I can't figure out the upper tier. This week's the opposite. About three or four guys, maybe five guys, that upper to mid upper tier that I really like. Then I get down to that lower tier and I'm like, eh, I'm not really. Let's hear sure. it. Let's see. Let's hear the, let's, let's give me your top five guys. Okay. Like. So right off the top, uh, I am with you on Rom. Uh, you know, Rom has just proven that, you know, on any given week, you can go out there and play, obviously really good golf. I put him in my column this week as, my DFS free bingo square, I call it, the, the safe play. And the reason for that is that looking back over uh, the last couple of years, John Rahm plays his best golf on the second week of a two-week stretch. In fact, five global victories since the beginning of 2019, four of those came during the second week of a two-week stretch. And really, it didn't matter how he played the week before. So, you know, he just kind of goes out there and once he gets into a groove, starts playing well. Then there's the fact that according to Data Golf, which I've mentioned in the past, a website which does some great work and has a course fit tool, the top two courses as far as correlations to Sherwood Country Club are Muirfield Village and Innisbrook's Copperhead course. John Robb won at Muirfield Village this year. Last year at the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook, he was T6. Everything in play for John Robb. Jump in. I mean, I just think he's the best golfer in the world, so you can, I mean... Most consistent, and what you said is true. Golfers in general play better. The more they play, it's predictive. So th- that's yeah. that's a good thing for Rom. And yeah, I'm curious about the other ones because I I, th- I I have a couple guys that I'm interested in, but I'm I guess okay. I'm more mid tier than you this All week. Right. Giddy up! Let's bet horses for courses. Favorite outright pick this week again, a guy that I don't take that often, Patrick Reed. Ooh. And again, you've got that Muirfield and Innisbrook correlation. He's got two 
top tens and five career starts at Muirfield, and he's never missed the cut there. Uh, he's a two-time runner-up at Valspar, so he likes that golf course. There's a correlation. The other part of this, and you know, I call me crazy because this might not make any sense whatsoever, but with Tiger as the defending champ, with Sherwood as the previous host of Tiger's World Challenge event for 14 years, it's going to take on, even though this doesn't benefit Tiger's foundation, he's not the actual host, this is going to feel like Tiger's event. It's just going to feel like it's Tiger and everybody else and Tiger's running this thing. Patrick Reed loves showing off for Tiger. Tiger's his idol. He's made no bones about it. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and we're taping this on Monday night and we don't know the tee times yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger and Patrick are playing together this week. I would not be surprised if Patrick Reed, with three finishes of 13th or better in his last three worldwide starts, I think he's such a smart play this week. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Um, I like Patrick Reed. I don't have anything negative to say. That was not one of the guys that I anticipated you saying. I have a feeling on one guy that I think you're definitely going to say. And that's probably the guy I'm I'm most interested in this week at the top. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be the guy that I have. I've got two other guys. and Hear him. Yeah. What do you got? Well, I, was, I thought uh, you were going to say okay. Joachim Neiman. I, I can jump in. Yeah, I, I, I like Neiman too. Sure. I like Neiman every week. Yeah. Okay. I like Neiman this week, actually. Okay. 33 to 1. And by the way, Patrick Reed, 22 to 1 on MGM as we're recording here. Co-crack, 45 to 1. And Bubba is moving, 33 to 1. Yeah. Uh, I like all those guys. Neiman's a guy I'm basically just like at sort of every week for me now. I don't know that I I would completely fire as far as outrights. At 33 actually feels a little bit too low for me. But uh, as a mid-tier, sort of upper mid-tier DFS play, I think he's – Another sharp play. Uh, two other guys I'll give you since I said I like I like this high tier. Then we can get into some of yours because I feel like I'm taking up too much time with all mine. But Hideki, once again, I mean, oh, very, same old same old Hideki story last week. Hit the ball really well. Didn't make any putts. Uh, yeah. But but Hideki is a guy. Think of it this way. And, and I hope this doesn't come across like xenophobic or anything like that. But if there was an American who played on the Japan tour – and an American company was sponsoring a big event over there. Don't you think the American player would get a little more motivated to play in that event and really try to impress the sponsors and try to win the American event in Japan? And so now there's a Japanese event. It's usually in Japan. It's a Japanese company that is the title sponsor. Hideki is, a, is the best player from Japan in the world, yeah. of course, and they're playing in America. I would just think that Hideki, there's a little more motivation for Hideki to show them like, hey, look what I can do. And the last name I'll throw out there for you as far as sort of this upper tier, we have not seen a lot of Adam Scott, but in my mind right now, just if Adam Scott's going to show up, he's showing up with a purpose. And so his purpose is not to, hey, well, I had nothing else to do. I figured I'd play some golf. His purpose is, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to play really well. We forget. I mean, it feels like 10 years ago, but he won at Riviera this year. I know. So you know, Adam Scott's a guy that I, I think can play some really good golf. Of course, we don't know what kind of form he's going to be in, but he's usually not in bad form. And uh, even if you don't like him, I would think about showdown lineups uh, going into the weekend where uh, 
you know, or, you know, maybe a live sort of top 10 bet on Adam if he's not that close to it going into the weekend. Something where uh, you get a couple of rounds under his belt and then fire on Adam Scott going into the weekend where he gets a little bit of momentum. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday watching him win Riviera. I was rooting for Varner, but uh, yeah, kudos to Adam Scott, just a beautiful ball striker. And he's figured out whatever he's doing, the putting, the, the broom that he's got. I don't know all the anchoring stuff and whatever, but he's figured out something that seems to be working. So uh, I like Adam Scott and agree with you. Um, I, I think that there's some interesting value on in Matsuyama and honors, obviously a huge part of their society. So hopefully he wins. I, I'm rooting for Matsuyama to get more wins. Too good of a golfer not to have as many wins. Um, I like the mid-tier a ton, a lot. I, I really like a couple of these guys. Um, mm-hmm. Bokrak's interesting to me again. I probably prefer him in like a matchup or a top five, top 10. Outright's too steep at 45 to one. Yep, I agree. Sungjae, 50 to one. I see tremendous value in that. I agree with that. Um, I think he's right up there with, you know, Henley's 40 to one. Uh, Wolf is 33 to one. Scheffler's 40 to one, who I love. Answer's 45 to one. I think is as good as all those guys. Sebastian Munoz is someone that I've been on a mm-hmm. lot lately. Starting a little more expensive, so I'm not as excited to to, to click him. He's 80 to one on BetMGM, but top five, top ten bets uh, as well as DFS makes a lot of sense to me. And then the guy that I'm for sure on that I think is like a really I I know it. I but, think I might know. Who? I might have it. Do I get another hint or you just? Uh, he played really well last week. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Oh, he's way up there. No, I, I like Fitzpatrick, but okay. This guy's. This guy's. I'll give you one more guess. This guy's a hundred to one on BetMGM. Played really well last week. Top five finish. Russell Henley, Taylor Gooch. Oh, Gooch. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's a hundred to one, but he's like seven k on DraftKings. If you look at his trajectory, it is really good. I mean, he's like just keeps climbing every year in FedEx mm-hmm. Cup points. His finishes as a whole are really trending. A lot of good ball striking stats. So, uh, Taylor Gooch is someone that I think is on the verge of being properly priced, but still showing good value. I liked him a lot last week, some long numbers on him. Uh, and I think he's someone that, you know, makes sense that he's speaking. He's 28 years old. He's been out there, Oklahoma state with a lot of these other guys, really, really just solid player uh, in all aspects. Saw him hitting like a lot of sod off kind of like reminded me of like Charles Howell's swing and he was just mm. hitting bullets. So he's a guy right up your alley. He's a pure ball striker. Right. Doesn't make a ton of putts, but I mean, when you look at all the numbers, that he's going to be a guy that you wind up playing a lot over the next couple of years. Yeah, and he's just been good strokes gained basically everywhere other than putting. Um, and and it's and it's the trajectory is very good. I mean, 2019 73rd strokes gained total. Uh, T to Greeny 78th uh, last year. He ends up being 57 strokes gained total, and he's trending mm-hmm. this year. I mean, coming off obviously it's a shorter sample so far, but sure, uh, I like what I've seen from, from Gooch. Yeah, no, I think he's a very good player. Um, I've been a big Gooch guy for a while. I've taken him at some uh, lower prices as far as DFS and top 10s, top 20s. Uh, he's not as consistent as you'd like him to be right now, but I think in these no-cut limited field events, I think he's a nice play just because uh, the ball striking is so good and he should be able to make some birdies. Uh, let's look at this lower tier because I mentioned earlier that I'm struggling with the lower tier just a little bit, but I've got two guys that I've – sort of pinpointed that I think are, first of all, undervalued, both in the betting markets and on DFS. And secondly, guys that I think could really pop this week. First of those is Danny Lee. I know there's no single one predictive statistic which tells us, hey, this is a guy that's going to play well the next week. But I love looking at tee to green ball striking in the Sunday final round one week before 
this tournament. So just in the previous week, you know, three or four days before they're ready to tee it up. Danny Lee led the field in strokes gained tee to green on Sunday at Shadow Creek. That to me speaks volumes about how well he's hitting the ball and how that might come across this week. I think he is, like I said, just undervalued across the marketplace. And then another guy that I think plays his best golf on the West coast. And we know makes a ton of birdies. He's still, uh, as we said last week, uh, a high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. But I think Joel Damon um, just might get a little motivation, too, from Jason Kokrak looking at him saying, you know what? He's been out here for a long time. He did it in a field like this. I can do it, too. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Joel Damon contending for a title this week. Any low tier guys for you? Duncan, that's like the one guy that I think I'll yeah. probably be on. But I think I'll be a little more balanced this week in terms of betting exposure and DFS lineups. With- you know who's really cheap this week? Carlos Ortiz. I was looking at him. I, I don't mind Carlos Ortiz at all from a betting perspective. He's got upside. Not a bad week last week. The week before, he was one of these guys that didn't make the cut. You go, oh, well, he missed the cut the week before at the Shriners. And then you look, he shot, I think it was 69-67. Yeah. I mean, you go, oh, okay. Like, Kokrak was basically the same thing. Kokrak was like, oh, well, he's not in great form. He missed the cut the week before. And then you go back and look. It's like, no, the guy broke 72 days in a row. It's just the cut was ridiculous. So Here, um, Here's something. Here's a good little nugget. Okay. If you want to get a little bit of alpha in golf handicapping, mm. not all missed cuts are the same. And most yeah. people don't really dig into what what happened in missed cuts. So mm-hmm. uh, score being one, if you miss the cut on the number, obviously that's a lot better than missing the cut by five. And then how you miss the cut. Yes. And you, the predictive stuff is the guys who miss the cut with bad putting specifically. Yep, of course. Yeah, and we saw that. Uh, we saw it two weeks ago where – uh, I think Matsuyama and Morikawa were two guys that were basically kind of uh, placed against each other in head-to-head matchups. And we said, well, Morikawa was hitting the ball better and just missed a lot more putts than Matsuyama. Matsuyama isn't going to go out there and make a whole lot more putts. And I believe Morikawa was uh, higher on the leaderboard, would have won that matchup this past week. So, right. um, for sure. Yeah, there's, there, there's some definite... Uh, predictive elements to that as well. All right, you ready for these rapid fire questions? We haven't I'm done very this before, ready. but this is a, um, this is new. This is yeah, fun. yeah. So I'm gonna. You mentioned one there, and I'm gonna start with this one based on the Dodgers coming from behind to beat the Braves in the NLCS. Max Homa was able to take over the Twitter account of JT Poston for 24 hours, which was awesome. Would you, Peter Jennings? Would you ever bet your Twitter account for 24 hours with anybody? Uh, that, what a great bet that is. I mean, it had to be something legit, like uh, something I'm passionate about. That's a, I think that's a fantastic bet. I'm not sure I can do it. You could ruin someone's career. You, you have to have some boundaries. You can't like do anything like wildly inappropriate. I thought Max was really funny and it was no, really Max, Max was great. Uh, there's another good one that said, uh, you know, the real JT said, you know, even my mom thinks Justin Thomas is the real JT. How come I don't know who JT Poston is? Question mark. Call your girlfriend. She'll keep you posted. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Uh, the match three, A, do you care? B, you take in Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley or Peyton Manning and Steph Curry? I hope more and more stuff like this comes out. I want to see. I thought your tweet was cool. I, I totally agree with you. I think there's some really opp- good opportunities. And I think this match specifically is going to be exciting because Charles Barkley is a huge wild card. Um, yes. I definitely see value in Peyton and uh, Steph. Uh, I know it's going to be alternate shots or modified alternate shot. And Charles will get a better tee box. But, man, that's a lot of pressure on Phil on the approach because, you know, Phil puts it <laughs> in the bunker or something like 
if they have to play Phil's drive, that's not great. If Phil doesn't put it on the green, they're playing Charles's drive, like it's trouble. And Peyton hits that hard draw, so that could get away from him a little bit on the desert. But if he hits the ball decently off the tee, uh, that should set him up really well. So I think that they're the rightful favorite and probably a bigger favorite than the, the market is now. I know Phil was on the losing side of the last one they did, but here's the deal. Phil is helping to set this thing up. He's helping to run this thing, and he is going to make sure that he has every every advantage on his side. So I, I would not be surprised based on just what I know about Phil Mickelson that Phil and Charles are coming out of this thing ahead, and they are the winners of this thing. So, you know, I put on Twitter, I'd like to see a you know two-on-two pick up hoops game to 11 in a relay race. Okay. That might be a little idealistic, but something else, you know, let's, let's turn it into a little bit of a superstars competition, you know, have, have them climb a wall together or something, it, you know, just besides just playing golf. Just keep getting more like trash talk. And I think there's a big opportunity for just some of the banter and some of the other things outside of just the golf. You know, the last match was timed perfectly with uh, COVID and they benefited drastically from that with just yeah. live sports, but uh, hopefully it's a success. I'm, I'm rooting for it to be to be fun, and I'll definitely check it out. According to Golf Digest, Tiger Woods said that in 1996, he made the move from California to Florida because he wanted to get a sense for the Bermuda grass. There are so many big tournaments on Bermuda. Are you buying any of that BS, or do we really know that Tiger moved because of the no state tax in Florida law? I think that's like all of the above, right? Look at his house. Look at his backyard. You can do that in California. You can do that anywhere. Yeah, well, Cal, I mean, okay, so like, what if you're Tiger Woods, let me turn it back on you. What what, are, what other places are you considering living at? California, if you talk about the state tax, like, now we're really talking Florida versus California. The reason I asked this question, the reason I posed it is because I was on Twitter and I saw the story tweeted out by Golf Digest. And I was kind of like, eh, really? And then I read the replies and literally every single reply to it was, come on, we're supposed to believe Tiger saying that 24 years ago he moved to Florida because he wanted to get you know, become more of an expert on Bermuda grass and Bermuda green. Like, oh, okay, that was maybe a residual effect of that, but come on, state income tax before anything. You you think Phil is moving to Florida, whether it's, uh, I believe it's late this year or early next year, because he wants to practice on Bermuda greens. That would be great if Phil actually came out and said that. Oh, that would be hilarious. That would be an all-time line if he said that. But The next time Phil Mickelson tees it up on the PGA Tour champion circuit, his odds will be blank. Plus 125, even oh money. Oh, my God. That's Tiger in his prime. What should he be? I mean, I, I guess if Furyk's in the field's a big factor, right? Like Furyk's. I, I think who else is playing is definitely yeah, Bernard Long, a factor, of course. I, I, I don't Ernie know. Els, I mean, Ernie Els. Yeah. Ernie hasn't beaten Phil in 10 years. I'm just going to go out and beat him on the Champions Tour? Let's just... I mean, he's two for two, so and, he, and he's going to be popular. So, like, I'm not saying that's what his real price should be, but that's what I would guess. I, it's going to be some crazy number, right? Yeah, it was plus two fifty this past week, and yeah, he won so fairly that. easily. Yeah, it's not. It won't be even money, but it'll probably be like low ones, something crazy. It depends right. who's in the field too. Upper deck is going to produce golf cards once again. Do you care? Will you collect them? Will you invest in them? I'm super interested in the sports cards as an asset class. It's growing exponentially. Um, alternative assets are really interesting to me. The cards feel a little bit like 2017 crypto to me, where. I think there's something really special going on, but I also think it's like crazy price where we are now. But if you if you bought like the Bron James cards, you know, a couple of years ago, you're up well over 10x. I mean, you're up crazy amounts. Mahomes cards have appreciated a couple hundred X and cards as a whole are just booming, which is why this is being done. So I'm very interested. I'm going to follow it and uh, actually let's do a really good podcast on alternative uh, assets 
last, uh, last night, um, invest like the best, which is a great podcast. If you're into business, I probably won't be that into it. I won't be that invested in it. And yet if I'm walking through target or something like that, and I see a couple of packs of the upper deck golf carts sitting there, like, all right, yeah, why not? You know, let me throw them in the basket with everything else. And, you know, I'll spend a few bucks and you open them up and yeah. And then all of a sudden you get something good and it's like, well, all right, well now we're talking now let's, start pricing them out and see what they're worth and all that kind of stuff. So it's just a weird time. I don't know. What to do. I have one card that I bought during this craziness and it's a Asia Wilson WNBA rookie card uh, that's signed. It. It's a omen to a great bet that we had. So I remember back in the day, I mean, I was 13, 14 years old. I got some Jose Canseco gold card in a pack where I was at a G and J's dugout in East Islip, New York. And where I used to ride my bike like four days a week with my buddies and uh, like pulled it out of the pack and sold it to the guy there on site for $250, like three minutes later. And I was like, this is the greatest coup ever. Oh my God. I can't believe I did this. And, you know, just to see some of the prices that are out there now is absolutely. Dude, cards are going crazy video games. It's a, it's a wild world we're living in right now. NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, last rapid-fire question before we get to our DFS lineup for this week's Zozo Championship. Peter Jennings, if you are Jason Kokrak and you win a PGA Tour event for seven figures in Las Vegas, how do you celebrate? Oh, I'm like the worst person to answer. I would go, What I would do is go out to like a sick meal. Um, there's some great sushi that's like really high end off the strip. There's some really good Thai restaurants. I'd do something extravagant on the food side. And then, yeah, ideally you have your friends and family, maybe go play some craps, do something fun. Yeah. I mean, I've done the Vegas thing so much, but uh, yeah. Would you be popping bottles going crazy or what would be your, a great meal would be the highlight for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably past that. I could have done the Anthony Kim thing maybe in my younger years and just, you know, let's go to the club and let's make it rain all over the place. But I would probably wind up doing the the John Daly thing instead, which was I, I'm looking it up right now. I believe it was when he lost in a playoff at Torrey Pines back in 03, 04. If I'm not mistaken, maybe it's something that he won. But in any case, he took his entire paycheck from that tournament finish, went straight to Vegas and lost it all in the slots that night. Other than playing slots, I would probably do the exact same thing. It might be blackjack. It might be roulette. Craps, don't play slots. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be on the slots. But other than that, it might just be, hey, let's take this paycheck and go sit at the table and lose it all. So. Those were our rapid-fire questions. That was fun. We might have to do that more often. I love that. Uh, uh, We're going to get to our DFS lineup in just a second. But first, the Action Pods Tournament of Champions, presented by BetMGM, is now live. This is a free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament specifically for our podcast listeners. 
And you can join by simply clicking on the link in our episode description. The top 10 finishers each week receive over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes. And the top five punch their ticket to the Wildcard Weekend Grand Finale, where they will compete for the grand prize, a Vegas trip for two, valued at over $5,000, courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join this tournament every week of the NFL regular season. Just click on our link in our episode description. Support the podcast. That's what they say these days, right? Support the podcast. Like, rate, review. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Picking out a lineup, I, I'm going to say right now that, Peter, I, I think I'm going to love this lineup before we even get to it, because I've made some already that I think are, are pretty good. Dustin Johnson, by the way, uh, number three, as far as uh, price on, on DraftKings this week, he is out. I'm not sure how he was ever really in for this week, based on the fact that he had symptoms from that COVID positive test that he had last week that knocked him out of the uh, CJ Cup. So uh, Dustin is out. But as of right now, as of, uh, you know, what are we, oh, 60 hours before the tournament kicks off, Everybody else is still in. So uh, if someone else withdraws between now and then, as we've had happened on the uh, pod before, well, uh, that, you know, just change it on your own. So uh, I will let you start with this, Pete. Uh, where are you going with the first pick? All right. You want to spend money this week, so we'll make it easy. I will start with Sebastian Munoz, who I think is really trending in the right direction. 7200 too cheap for his price. And, uh, yeah, I want to save you some cash so you can spend it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some of the guys in the upper tier. I, I like Munoz a lot, by the way. That's a really su- a smart pick. But, um, yeah, I'll I'll spend a little money here, and I'll go Patrick Reed right off the top at 9,600. I just don't see how it's a bad week for Reed. I, I think this is either going to be a great week for Reed or a very good week. I, you know, it, he's disappointed me before, but I just – the guy's firing on all cylinders right now. And uh, watch out. I mean, those are two guys that I know people don't like to root for, but Reed and Bubba – Going to Augusta, past Masters champions. A lot of people out there don't like to hear it, but boy, uh, those are going to be two guys who are going to be on the leaderboard next month. Sweet. Well, I like Bubba Watson a lot, especially for DraftKings scoring. Uh, I know you wanted to take him. I'll plug him in right now. We still got some cash to spend. And I got cheapies coming if you need me to. So feel free to spend Yeah, I love Bubba there. I think that's a really smart pick. This mid-tier looks really good. I'll, I'll go with the guy that you mentioned earlier. Uh, or actually, let me throw out the two names because we've mentioned both of these guys, like both of them. Joaquin Neiman, I, I almost, and I love Joaquin Neiman. I almost feel like he's he's gotten a little too overpriced, a little too overvalued. Matthew Fitzpatrick being $100 cheaper than Neiman, I, I feel like it's a, a better Fitzy week than Neiman, but where do, what do you think oh, of those Fitzpatrick two? Fitzpatrick for sure. Okay. Well, there we go then. That's in, terms of, in terms of values, Fitzpatrick might be a little chalky at that price. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so a guy that did really well in, in fantasy scoring that did not have a good final score last week was Corey Connors, who on a Saturday round in particular made like seven, eight, maybe even nine, like some crazy amount of birdies, but had a lot of others and a lot of bogeys, which, you know, he finished over par for the tournament, which is not good. But DC was really nice from a scoring perspective. He's really cheap in DFS this week. I love his ball striking and, uh, yeah, Corey Connor, sixty six hundred. That leaves you ninety six hundred. Where there's some guys that you like. There's some guy. I mean, I got a big smile on my face right now, looking at the guys that are left. I love Tony Finau every single week. Coming off two missed weeks after that COVID test, I, I just gotta stay away from him as much as I don't want to. I, I've got to stay away. 
Patrick Cantley, we talked about the yeah. Muirfield and Innisbrook connection, the correlation to Sherwood. I mean, that's right up his alley. He's just not quite playing good enough right now. 38th place last week. He was eighth the week before, but fell apart on Sunday. Boy, I, I, that's one where I could be kicking myself come Sunday. He's a West Coast guy. Uh, let me let me get through a couple of the other options. Uh, it might be Cantley. Anyway. Oh. Matsuyama. Boy, Matsuyama's a good play. Hovland. 12th last week, good play. And then there's Matthew Wolf, who was terrible last week, but he has said he's played Sherwood about a thousand times. It might be a slight exaggeration, but uh, that's what he said. He loves gonna, that place. Last week is going to just rub off him. He doesn't care. Yeah, I don't. Think yeah, I didn't have my A game. I played great the week before. I'm ready to go. But I mean, those are five studs right there, and I'm staring at it, and I don't know who to take. Or I like Matsuyama, Hovland, or Wolf. I almost just went Cantley. Just I, I know you like Cantley. I'll, I will go Matsuyama. He's the guy that I, I said off the top. He's the guy that I like, and I will put him in there. That's Connors, Fitzpatrick, Matsuyama, Munoz, Reed, Bubba Watson. It's a solid lineup, huh? Yeah, I mean, we got win equity across up and down that thing. And it's balanced. That's where I think I'll end up being this week is a little more balanced, uh, with the exception of playing a lot of John Rahm, I imagine. By the way, I don't know if you even are looking at this. We always make our, our lineups on DraftKings. Have you looked at FanDuel at all? No, not yet. This is it crazy pricing? I made a lineup with Rom, Hideki, Bubba, Reed, and Adam Scott. Sounds about right. There's probably um, one guy who's really Danny Lee or something as your sixth. Couldn't quite get Danny Lee. I threw Carlos Ortiz in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give up my entire right, lineup. You, yes, can get, it, you can get like I mean, all the studs. I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, can I enter this in more lineups somewhere? Like, what what else do they have available here? What, what else? And, you know, now I'm, I'm going to get everybody on it here talking about it on the pod. But, I mean, I just. It was literally every single guy that I love this week was sitting right there waiting to be taken. That's perfect. I mean, yeah, FanDuel's softer cap, so if you get a lot of good guys in there. And, and I, you know, most people are going to play, like, the very top of the board, which uh, on FanDuel, if you end up taking guys kind of that aren't the very, very top, I feel like the most common roster construction is, like, the three favorites and then, like, one mid-tier and two punts. If you go, like, mm-hmm. one favorite and then, like, the next tier after, the you know, those other favorites, you can get some guys low-owned, which... That lineup sounds awesome. Adam Scott, I'm, I wonder if he'll be on this week. I can't imagine he's going to be too highly owned. I would I think mean, he'd be just, low owned. Yeah. I, I just think people are – there's too many guys who have played too much golf lately and that are in pretty good form that Adam Scott, I think, is a guy that people just kind of gloss over a little bit. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of options out there. Can't wait for this week. Another really good week. Can't wait for the Masters coming up. We'll be talking all about it in our podcast over the next couple of weeks to come. Don't forget to catch us on The Gimme. Every Wednesday evening, 8.30 Eastern Time, check your local social channels. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Zozo Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking.